0: to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Graham. And I'm the other co-host, Darlene Brock. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about your relationship with your mom, and more specifically, if it's a little bit difficult and strained. And so since we were thinking moms, we wanted to kind of start with what's happening in our lives as moms right now, because we're in two different seasons of motherhood. Yes, we are. I mean, I've got a little guy getting ready to start school soon, and you've got grown daughters.
1: But motherhood is a journey that never ends, right? Never ends. In fact, the last couple of days, I had the privilege of helping my elder daughter pick out an outfit for the film premiere of a movie that she was working on. So that was pretty awesome. I mean, it came via text and pictures and, you know, bad lighting in the dressing FaceTime. No, we did it. We should do that next time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was so cute to watch your face kind of showing me picture after picture of her one getting ready for the event and then um, actually being at the event. I love seeing your mom pride beaming across your face, but also just seeing the fact that, you know, your relationship with her is in such a a strong place that she wants to share those moments
1: with you. I think that's really awesome. I do do too, actually. I feel very fortunate. And then you and your little guy, I mean, you're taking him on his new little adventures, right? I know. We had a big week at the
0: time that this is being recorded. I, on a whim, last minute, signed him up for his very first um, sports experience, which I think I've even shared with our friends who listen to the show that I've held off on putting him into sports because ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) And it's true. Especially this hot mess single mom. But an opportunity came where it was a really affordable way to get him into the sport of hockey, which I never thought I'd be a hockey mom. Isn't it
1: kind of ridiculous? It's kind of funny. I mean, I do love the
0: face mask on the little guy. (laughs) But yep. So we went and fitted him for his gear and he's so excited. And so I'm officially starting the process of putting my five-year-old
1: into sports. And it's just going to be a fun new journey for us. Yep. Love it. We are going to talk about mother-daughter relationships. And I think, Julie, in light of the fact that we're coming toward Mother's Day here this week, you know, it most of the time you think about, oh, I get to tell my mom how great she is. I get to tell her what she means to me. But then there's some of us who don't have those kind of relationships with our mothers. And you know it's kind of hard when you pick up the Mother's Day card and have to put it down and then put the next one down because you either lie or you go, (laughs) I can't write one that says, you've really, really broken my heart and hurt my feelings. Oh, happy Mother's Day.
0: (laughs) That's when you end up with the blank card. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, over the years that you and I have known each other, we have talked a lot about how a lot of the um, seasons of Holidays that center around family sometimes can be really difficult if you don't have that picture-perfect family, which first of all, nobody has the picture-perfect family, true, so David. rest assured there. Yeah. But a relationship with a mom when it's strained or unhealthy, or like you said, there's a history of hurt there, these kinds of days can be really difficult. And um, I know this is a conversation you and I have talked about having for a long time, and I'm I'm proud of you for um, feeling like this is the time to really dive into this topic, because we know there are women who struggle like like you have.
1: Yeah. And I have my entire life. My mother and I had a very difficult and dysfunctional relationship. And, you know, I I said for years, I feel like I want to share some of what I've had to deal with and go through, but I didn't want to hurt my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't want, even though she never kind of got undifficult, but I didn't want to cause her any unnecessary hurt. So I said, when, when my mom passed away, then I would be open to having this conversation. And she, she died last October. And you know what? I'm, I think it's time.
0: Yeah. I did always appreciate when we would have these conversations, um, you know, not about when we would talk about it, but more just as we shared life together and um, watching you really try to navigate those waters of how to honor her well, but also to be smart for yourself emotionally and what you could handle and when things were too difficult, how to back away. I mean, those were some some hard seasons for you. And I think it's important that we share kind of some of the insights you've learned, things that I've experienced in my life. Um, for women who are dealing with similar circumstances who might still very much be in the thick of it, um, might still be very hurt and want to know how to face days like Mother's Day, but all the other days do when these yeah. relationships are strained.
1: Well, and I think of all the relationships that we have in life, y- you hope that your relationship with your mom would be a special one, mm-hmm. that she would be the one who would stand by you and believe in you and, and encourage you and support you. And when you you discover that that's not your mom, that that for me, my mom's focus was on herself. And, you know, whenever I would accomplish something, it became competitive. It became a challenge to her. And at that point, you know, she would then challenge me. So I know there are others of you out there that experience that, but there's a lot of other things that you might experience with a difficult mom. Yeah, there are definitely... Um, several different types of challenges that fall into the
0: discussion of a strained mom relationship you may have the dismissive mom um maybe even you could call it neglectful where she kind of just ignores you altogether doesn't really pay much attention to you you're uh, maybe you're one of multiple siblings and you're the one that's overlooked or you're just the one that she kind of doesn't really give much attention to. That can be difficult to feel unseen by like what you said, the person you think is supposed to be in your corner the most.
1: Yeah, for sure. And there, you know, there's nothing more disheartening than not feeling like you're important to that person, that you matter to the point where they would give you the attention or they would give you the energy that, you know, I would hope all mothers can, but yet some aren't capable of. Then there's the controlling mom, right? Oh, yes. Yes. There is that one who they are projecting their goals. They are projecting their personality. They want you to be like them. Or even more than that, they may have a plan for you. They may (laughs) think that they got your life all worked out. So, you know, if you decide to go a route other than what they want, it's just darn challenging for them. Yep. Then there's the mom whose entire
0: life and existence is completely enmeshed with yours. I mean, basically, this is codependency, where she wants to be a part of every single tiny decision,
1: experience, helicopter mom, the whole situation. Yeah, and, you know, that's a hard one, especially when you're growing up, because you can't create boundaries When you're small and your mom may want to be part of your life because hers is lacking. Maybe Mm. she doesn't have a relationship with your father or it's dysfunctional. And so she's trying to find her worth elsewhere. Or maybe she doesn't have a career path that is, is fulfilling to her. So she's reaching out and the place she's reaching to is into your life, wanting to be in every nook and cranny of it. And it is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Another one might be the mom who's
0: just incredibly critical or argumentative or negative or accusatory. Every interaction feels like a battle.
1: Yeah, and for me, Julie, I know I've mentioned it before that my mom would say, be sure your sins will find you out as I was exiting (laughs) the door. And, you know, I glibly say, well, I was going to make sure they counted. The reality was I was going to make sure they counted because (laughs) if she was going to challenge me, Mm. on what she thought my con- conduct would be, well, shoot fire, I'm going to make it even more <laughs> amazing. You know, and and because she criticized who I was or what I wanted to do or be, you know, I was the defiant one. So, I just kind of said, "All right, then I'm going to really make it work." Do you think this is side note? Do
0: you think you became more defiant because it seemed like even when you were on your best behavior,
1: she didn't acknowledge that? Very much so. But at the same time, I can't put it all on her. And that's what we'll find over time is, you know, I am a defiant person by nature. So, you know, you give me a catalyst, then I will take it even further to the next step. So, yeah, I think part of it was that with her. And part of it was I felt like I could never please her. So because of that, I wasn't even going to try.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. All right. And then the last one, when we kind of thought through different difficult mom scenarios, we thought about the unreliable or downright absent mom. I mean, this one I can really relate to. Um, If you're not familiar with my story, I actually wasn't raised by my parents um, due to the fact that they were, teenagers and um, addicted to drugs when they had um, myself and all of my siblings actually. And so for the majority of my childhood, my mom was um, not a part of my life and I was raised by my great grandmother. And honestly, my great grandmother, my relationship with her um, is similar to the things that we've discussed as well. And so I can relate with what it is like to be um, parented by somebody with these types of challenges. So know, if this is you, that you are not alone. But our hope in this conversation is to highlight some ways that you can still find some help and healing if this is how your story has gone.
1: Well, and just as a side note, Julie, I love that you have with your mother. I love that you are at a place Where you'll come in and say, I got off the phone with my mom and she told me to do da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, (laughs) and it's wonderful because Mm -hmm. you now have that relationship you didn't have. So, you know, again, in this, we're hoping that we can not just focus on the problems, but also focus on the hope of a relationship. The first thing that you have to come to terms with is, do you have
0: a healthy dose of who you are? Do you have self-worth? that is separate from maybe the way your mom has projected to you who you are that was most likely unhealthy. Because if you're still struggling with significant hurt or um, a lack in value or unable to see yourself in the way that you actually were created and the value you bring to this world, you're not going to be able to do any of the other things we might talk about.
1: No, and if you don't have that confidence within you, and it doesn't need to be perfect. It's not like you have yourself all figured out and you know all your worth and you've you've created your career or your life perfectly so. It's not that. You just have to have enough to when you enter the room with your mother again that what has brought you down and hurt you doesn't immediately destroy you in the first five minutes because if you don't believe in yourself— and you know you have a mother who is critical or challenging or dismissive then all of a sudden any anything that you believe about yourself will be cut down in just a quick visit so even if you're hearing this conversation
0: and you're like wow this is helpful to to hear other women have experienced something like that but you're you're moved to tears and overcome with um you know, anxiety and, and really hurt feelings, know that that's okay. That's where you are today. Um, and your starting place is probably to try to get some help. We've talked a lot about Dr. Zoe on this show. She may be a good resource and for some life coaching in that, or to find a therapist or someone who can help you really begin to sort through some of the feelings and emotions and beliefs that you have about yourself because of these wounds you experienced in your childhood. I mean, Dar and I have talked a lot offline about how, these last kind of probably two to three years in my life, I've really done a lot of soul searching, a lot of different forms of therapy and counseling and prayer and, um, you know, studies on really processing through some of the wounds that were inflicted on me as a child, but then also how I added to that over the years because of the lack of support that I received and change can happen once you're willing to acknowledge that you need some help and you need to make
1: some adjustments. So that might be step one for you. Yep. And then the next step is, unfortunately, you may need to be the one to make the first move. Wait a second. Why would I make the first move? She's the mom. Yeah, she is the mom. And it hasn't worked well so far, has it? (laughs) How's that working for you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't think we've ever quoted Dr. Phil on here. That was (laughs) was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, and so I would encourage women when they are emotionally prepared to reach out, to perhaps try to start a conversation with their mother. You know, it could be a neutral ground. It could be, you know, not that you want to unearth all the hurt or all of the pain in one fell swoop, but you might need to just find some common ground, some common interest, some, something that you can relate to your mom on other than the mother-daughter relationship that's so difficult. It could be as simple as go shopping with your mom and you know, get her out of the house so you're going somewhere to be with her and experience time together just so you can reestablish the relationship. I've definitely heard people say, well,
0: well, I shouldn't have to do that because she is the mom. But if you're dealing with the kind of mom we're discussing here, like you said, she's probably not proven that she can do that. And you're going to have to just come to terms with the fact that you're a grown-up now. (laughs) And if you want to repair the relationship, you have to be willing to make that first step and just be careful with, Maybe your expectations on how that first interaction is going to (laughs) go once you've decided, you know what, I'm going to work toward growing and repairing our relationship. (laughs) So
1: once you're willing to make the first move, what do you think you need to keep in mind next? I think if you can, you need to start a conversation. You need to talk about um, some of your feelings, some of your perceptions, And that conversation does not need to be accusatory. You can't start with, Mom, it's your fault because <laughs> it needs to be, you know, I have these feelings that you you think this, but I could be wrong. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Can I tell you how I feel? Can you tell me, you know, what you think? Can Can we sit down and start the dialogue? And Julie, sometimes it'll be fine mm-hmm. and sometimes it won't. And, you know, you can't predict it before you start. Okay. So you started that whole segment
0: with, if you can. Unpack that a little bit more for me.
1: Yeah. Because, um, you know, I would love to say the conversations with my mother were very productive. Uh, that we sat down and had heart to hearts and came to totally understand one another and come to terms and our relationship then flourished. But that'd be a lie, Julia Graham. Mm. Uh, Any conversation that I tried with her ended up being, you know, she would tell me why I was wrong or she would defend, you know, her, her action or just divert to a different conversation. So it wasn't very productive for me. It didn't really bring about a strong, healed relationship. It just kind of made us both mad. So that didn't go well. Okay.
0: So what I hear you saying is you definitely recommend that you try to have these conversations, but it also sounds like you came to a point where you recognized, okay, I've tried this several times. And then did you get to a place where you recognized those conversations were not going to be helpful. And so you no longer tried to have those kinds of conversations. Did you just kind of have to shift your mind to adjust your expectations of what time with your mom might look like?
1: Totally. What I had to choose is a different relationship than what I had hoped Mm. I could have had. Wow. Mm -hmm. I had to choose that, all right, this is not going to be warm and fuzzy ever. Um, Mm. But what it can be is we can learn to spend time together in more of a neutral scenario, in more of a place where, you know, I bring her into my life. I bring her into my daughter's lives. I protect my daughter's from some of her critical nature because that was part of it. But at the same time, they have a grandmother who is in different ways involved in their life. And that was important to me. So to do that, I, again, had to create some neutral platforms that we could coexist in. I know you mentioned that another important step
0: in having a relationship with your mom and what would apply to someone listening to this as well is you have to come to a place where you try to understand where she's coming from. Maybe even understanding why she might be the way that she is. And again, not having to then subject it onto yourself that you caused it, which is maybe our default, but instead really looking at who she is and maybe what she experienced in her life that causes
1: her to interact with you in this kind of way. That can be really helpful, right? Oh, absolutely helpful. And, you know, you won't find that from your mom you're not, she's not going to tell you all of her troubles or her whys, because a lot of times she hasn't even figured it out. So for me, I had my father and an aunt, her sister, who I went to and Mm. said, you know, obviously, guys, we all know that mom and my uh, relationship is dysfunctional. Mm. You know, there's a collective yes. (laughs) Um, And I said, but I don't understand why, She's so mm-hmm. angry and bitter. I don't understand why she has these emotions. And they did a lot of filling in the blanks mm-hmm. of things that she she struggled with as a as a young girl and things that she took on that she felt an injustice and she never let go. And it it was helpful for me, Julie, because not that I agreed with the why of how she was acting or where she ended up getting to, but what I did was go, all right... Now I know what, at least in part, what brought you to this place.
0: Yeah. And then once you're familiar with those things, that sets you up to do the next important thing, which is to have healthy boundaries in your relationship with her.
1: Yeah. And I did that in a rather dramatic, as I do everything, in a rather dramatic way. And it was at Christmas one year, and she was never very loving toward my husband. I'm going to say that nicely. She was very hard (laughs) on the man. And And Dan is so lovable. He is a good man, but he isn't going to be, he's not going to pretend to be anything for anybody. So, (laughs) you know, she didn't much care for him. And we had spent a Christmas day with her and went to my in-laws and I had watched her berate him most of the day and decided, enough. Mm. I am not going to subject my husband to that. So we went to my in-laws. From there, I called my mom and said, hey, by the way, you're not going to be in my family's life anymore, just so you know. Mm. Until you can treat my husband with respect and you can treat my family with kindness, um, you will not be hearing from me. And that was... Dang, Dar. Yeah. It was pretty tough. And, you know, of course, here's ladies, if you get to that place and you have to take these steps, don't expect it to be easy because all the other relatives will call you because (laughs) she called all the other relatives Yep. and, you know, they said, how can you do this to your mother and how can you, you know, and you have to go, my priority is my sanity and my family. My priority is my sanity and my family. Mm -hmm. And you just have to resolve to that. I mean, that's just the key to boundaries in general. I mean,
0: boundaries sometimes can be really hard to keep, but they ultimately are there for your emotional health and well-being. I'll make sure to link in the show notes to a couple different articles that will help if you're hearing that and thinking, "Ooh, that sounds really hard and my mom's not going to like it, which means I probably need to be doing something similar. Um, be sure to check the show notes for some resources from Dr. Zoe and even um, some other of our writers who have experienced similar things that will be helpful on how to go about those difficult conversations.
1: You know, Julia, I do have to say seven months went by after my confrontation and I didn't talk to mom and I didn't hear from her. And then, um, we reconnected and quite honestly, I don't remember how, but I do remember that she tried, Mm. she tried to watch her words. She tried to, um, be nicer to my husband. She tried to be kinder to my family Um, And so, you know, that that was enough for me. That was enough that she was at least trying to do it. And it, it was never perfected, but we did find a way to coexist. And I found a place that I was comfortable with when I realized I had to set my expectations realistically. Yeah. It was not going to be something else. This was what it was going to be.
0: It was never going to be the perfect, you were never going to be getting her the perfect Mother's Day card. No. Um, But once you kind of were able to assess where she could be at her best possible scenario and where you guys could be together, then you could move on and have um, at least a level of relationship that you both were on the
1: same page. I think in setting the realistic expectations, Julie, you have to kind of define for yourself what they are. Does this mean you're going to be with your mom on holidays, but there's only so much time that you can put your family in her life or bring her into yours? So you might have to just pigeonhole it a little bit. You might have to say, you know, you're going to spend this week with me, but I'm not going to see you again for three months. Mm And that's healthy for you. You know, I used to kid that my mom and I get along just fine if we live 3,000 miles apart. (laughs) But there's some truth in that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we had to be far enough apart that we weren't around each other all the time.
0: Well, and I think that can be hard for us because we talk about this all the time. You're in the social media age and you see, oh, well, all of my friends seem to be best friends with their mom. And then you start to feel even worse about the scenario that you have. And it's like, no, you have to figure out what is healthy for you and um, what's healthy for your immediate family. And I think that that's really smart advice that you might need to kind of set those time parameters for how often you're going to spend time with her. But you also might need to pep talk yourself before you walk in to spend time with your mom. You might have to remind yourself, what are the boundaries? What are the phrases that if she says this, I'm going to say this? And if she does this, that's the end of the time we spend together. I mean, those are some healthy, smart things that you need to kind of predetermine before you put yourself um, in an interaction with her. And and that there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually setting yourself and her up for the best possible interaction you could have.
1: Yeah. And you, you learn your responses. My mom had this habit. If I hadn't called her for a period of time, I don't even know how long she determined was too long. But I would call her and her first thing would be, well, I thought you were dead. So I finally oh, got to the, yeah, don't you love that? I finally got to the place where I said, Mom, Dan has a list in his wallet of the people he calls the day I die. And you're on it. So <laughs> if, you, amazing. Yeah, if you haven't heard from Dan that says, sorry, she's dead, then I'm still alive. So just assume that, you know, and she go, oh, okay. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. I love that though. I mean, having the kind of that predetermined response, it's like, I know you're trying to dig
0: at me and I'm not going to take it. Let's move on to the next possible thing that we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing. It does shut these things down quickly. So ladies come up with your own quips that work so you can move on to the next conversation. I mean, ultimately, I think what we're
0: saying is you got to figure out what's the best way that you and she can coexist knowing that it may never be perfect. It can be better with time and with investment.
1: Well, and I think time is is crucial part of that scenario too, Julie, um, because you can't fix all of these, or you may never fix all of these, but you can't fix them in a week or a month or a year. You know, I'm talking we took a very long time to figure out how to coexist. You know, this was years in the making, everything from me figuring out who I was and that I liked myself okay mm-hmm. and then be okay to figure out who she was and how I could function and get along with her. So it give yourself time to work through this, okay. well, I'm going to ask you something personal here, because I mean, I feel like you're laying it all out there. So you've
0: shared that she passed away um, at the end mm-hmm. of last year. She so didn't. knowing that you had this difficult experience with her, what was it like those last few months? Because I know that she was ill, and so you did know the end was coming. So how did you kind of process through that? knowing that the end was coming.
1: You know, it's really ironic. It was ironic to me at the time because, you know, my husband and I went up to be with her. She was failing. Her health was failing. And, you know, I went in the hospital room and realized then that she had made me her power of attorney. I was the one to make all the decisions for her, which was ironic to me, Julie, because I have two brothers and my older brother, very smart man. She always said to me, he's the smart one. He's the one that does a good job in life. He's the one. It made me feel like she was saying that he's not the screw-up dart. You are. Mm,
0: You're uh, the one
1: that doesn't do a good job in life. So I found it really ironic that at the end of her life, she chose that I was the one to make her final decisions. And so I did and had some... Heartfelt conversations because she had to make some difficult life choices on how she wanted to live the last part of her life. These were probably the most personal conversations I ever had with my mom. Well. And, you know, at the same time, for me, it was an opportunity to say, Are you ready to die? Are you ready to leave this world? Do you have a relationship with God? And, you know, I want to know that as your daughter. So, you know, all of that really was probably the closest I ever got to my mom and such an important time, Julie. And if I had walked away from her, I wouldn't have had that. I wouldn't have had that. So I I am thankful I didn't. I'm thankful that we found a way to coexist all these years that were difficult. And, you know, the ironic part is I left the room to take care of some business, and while I was gone, my husband tells me this later. He's, he's having a conversation with her, probably for him even, one of the most honest conversations they'd had. And she looked at him and said, "Darling's a smart woman. Oh, wow. She'd never oh. said that to me my mm-hmm. whole life. Didn't say that to me directly, said it to my husband. But I realized at that moment there were things I didn't know that she thought. Yeah. There were things that I didn't know that she felt about me. And I didn't didn't need to assume it was always all bad. Wow, that is definitely
0: a gift that you you get to know that about her. I imagine did Dan cry? I could imagine him tearing up a little bit here yeah, her say Yeah, he's more that. teary than I, I am. Yes. <laughs> so sweet.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I love I love that. Um, just seeing that it did come full circle, and again, it never was what you hoped it would be. Um, but there was kind of that closure that came at the end. And so I hope that someone's hearing this today, knowing that even if you're in a position where your relationship is lacking with your mom, knowing that you can pursue to take some of these steps with the hope and the desire that there can be moving toward reconciliation or at least a more clarified understanding of who you are and who she is and what a relationship could be like when there's greater clarity there.
1: Yeah, and I think something I I figured out earlier in the process is that just because my mother was basically a selfish woman didn't mean I needed to be. I needed to learn to be different than that. I needed to learn to care when perhaps she didn't deserve it, perhaps she hadn't earned the privilege in my life, but I was not going to be like her. I was going to be someone different.
0: I know that's kind of the hardest part of having a relationship like this with um, a parent is having to choose to be what we would call a woman of grit and grace, choosing to not let these difficult life experiences defeat or define you, but instead to offer grace for yourself, um, let yourself feel the fact that, you know what, I'll just say it, it sucks. It sucks to have this kind of hurt and dysfunction in your childhood, but it doesn't have to define your entire life. You can choose to break the cycle. You can offer grace to those who have hurt you, even when it's your mom, and then grace for yourself to give yourself time to heal and to move forward and say, but that's not who
1: I'm going to be or how I'm going to be for my future kids. One last thing I want moms to know who have their own daughters but have a difficult relationship with their mother, you can break the cycle. Mm -hmm. I was terrified, Julie. I thought, you know, for multiple reasons, I thought I would screw my kids up. (laughs) But when I had daughters, I thought I'm really going to screw them up because I don't know how to be a good mom to a girl because I didn't have that example. But that's not true. That is not true. You actually have an example of what you're not going to do. Mm. You can learn the things that hurt you and you can just avoid them. You can choose to be different and you can build an amazing relationship with your little girl. I, I think that is such an important thing for
0: someone to hear, especially from someone like yourself who literally walked it out. I've heard that phrase so many times, I can't be this way because of what had happened to me. And I think if you're even asking yourself that question, how can I, or can I raise strong, you know, confident, capable daughters if I had this kind of relationship? And, and I would just say, if you're asking that question, the answer is yes. Absolutely. I do want to point you to a couple more resources that now that you're thinking about these things and maybe you kind of have resolved to work on your relationship first with yourself and your own self-worth and then ultimately with your difficult mom. I want to encourage you to make sure you go listen to episode 75. That was our last episode with Dr. Zoe where she unpacks healthy ways to deal with your emotions and feelings such a strong episode and really going to be important for navigating these kinds of conversations. But then, Dar, you're going to love this. I'm also going to recommend your book oh. because any woman who is wanting to raise confident, capable daughters, I think that your book will be huge in helping to navigate how to instill the kind of confidence that we want our daughters to have, regardless of whether or not you had that as you were being brought up. So I'll make sure to link in the show notes to that last episode. And of course, to how they can get their hands on your book. And then I'll throw in a couple more articles that will help them in establishing some healthy boundaries and some other
1: conversations about motherhood. So we want to end this episode with a quote that Julie and I actually came up with together. That's right. Every mama comes with a little drama and some of them come with a lot. Ain't that the truth. Well, happy Mother's
0: Day, friends, and we'll catch you next time on this Grit and Grace Life podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegrittandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.